Welcome to a special edition of Hoopsville from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Dave McHugh, joined by D3Hoops.com's Gordon Mann. Obviously here after the championship in Division Three, which saw the Saints of Thomas More defeat the Jumbos of Tufts for the second year in a row. Obviously semifinal last time, but so much strange uh, or uh, interestingly same score yeah. uh, in that one. And obviously a big opportunity here for Division Three. We'll have uh, plenty more coming up on the show. We'll hear from Sidney Moss. We'll hear from Jeff Hans. Uh, also some others, but Gordon is joining me now. And first and foremost, let's just talk about the fact that they played the championship in front of more than 6,000 people. Right. Uh, in, in front of UConn's team, at least. I don't yeah. know if Syracuse's team was here or not. Uh, <laughs> at least, uh, you know, following a D2 championship yep. with all the pomp and circumstance that came with it, yeah. the lighting, the pump-up videos. Yeah. They really had a great experience here. Yeah, uh, really, I mean, much like Dave, when you and I were in Atlanta for the mm-hmm. championship, uh, just a, a, a an atmosphere you can't replicate no. you know, in any other way. You had uh, UConn's pep band came in yeah. and, and wore, represented Tufts. Yeah, wore Tufts T-shirts, played the Tufts fight song uh, very well. You had a, a big crowd here, the lower bowl here at Banker's Life Arena uh, was more or less full. Yeah. Um, you, know, you, had a, you had the UConn uh, women's team here for at least the first half yeah, and some it. of the players I know, uh, I, I know Rebecca Lobo and a couple yep. of the other players the hung out players. till the very, till the bitter end. Uh, just a wonderful atmosphere. You, it, it's it's a, a special moment. You know, the first thing somebody said to me when I walked in here was the head coach from from Haverford, Bobby Morgan. She said we should do this every year. Yeah, and I remember the, hearing that sentiment from the men's I, side. I, I, and Carla, the very first thing, Carla Barubi, head coach at Tufts, the very first thing she said when she got up on the podium was we should do this every year. And then one of the last questions uh, to Coach Hands from Thomas Moore was, "What do you think of doing it all together?" And they said, "Did you like it or not?" And he said, "I loved it." So, you know. This isn't at all a slant to Grand Rapids, Rochester, no. Minnesota, all the other cities that have done this. It's just this is this, this is a once in a lifetime type of thing. Well, maybe, but yeah. a special atmosphere that you can't duplicate yeah. without being, you know, a facility like this. Yeah, it was certainly a great atmosphere, and really, to be honest with you, a great game. Yeah, um, back and forth, tough. I said to you late in the game, I tweeted it out. It was it was Tufts controlling the score. Right, but Thomas Moore was controlling the pace a little bit. Yeah, sure, they weren't scoring ninety points on that pace, yeah. but they were definitely wearing jumbos out yep. by the end. But early on, Thomas Moore came out kind of nervous, yeah. and the jumbos took it at him. Yeah, oh, we were right behind Thomas Moore's bench and, and heard Coach Hands the things that we can repeat at least. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, he said they look tougher than you, and you yeah. look afraid, and it was more or less what he said to them. Uh, you know, I thought Thomas Moore's defense was really spectacular. Some of that is is the Tufts offense. Tufts is sure. not. They're methodical. Tough, yeah, Tufts is not going to you know come out and score ninety points on on anybody. <laughs> um, but Thomas Moore's defense was was really good, and where you, you particularly saw the defense make a difference was the Thomas the Tufts players were just gassed at the end. Yeah, they they fought all the way back. It was 49-49. They had the emotional energy. They had the lift. They had two weeks off ahead of time. They had all that. But much you know much actually like the D two game. None of their baskets were easy. No, everything was hard. Everything was a putback or or a, or a contested jumper. And I think I think at the end once Thomas Moore got a little spurt. They got the the steal and the, yeah. the basket by Moss. After the final media timeout, that, yeah. that pretty much sucked the life out of Tufts, and they just looked tired. Shots yeah. that they would make nine times out of ten, Lake they just weren't. Yeah, yeah, they, they weren't, weren't able to finish. Yeah. yeah, it was really interesting to watch. You're right. The other thing that was interesting to watch too was just how the the, the up and the flow of the game. You know, you, you saw the jumbles come out and really yeah. attack. Yeah, attack, attack, attack. They were driving the rim, hitting shots, and you saw Thomas Moore back on their heels. Then Thomas Moore got up on its toes. Yeah, and you saw the jumbos back on their heels, yeah. and that kind of went back and forth a yeah. lot of the game. 
Um, and I thought, you know, well played. Yeah, you have your turnovers and every yeah. game does, but it was a hard-fought game. Yeah. You were at the semifinal last year. Yeah. How close in resemblance was it to that game? And score-wise, it was eerily. Yeah, you know, I asked Coach Berube that in the post game. I said, how was this game different since the scores were so similar? And she said that she thought they played better offensively this mm -hmm. game. They took better care of the ball uh, in this game. Uh, and that one, Sidney Moss was a little more aggressive offensively. Sure. Uh, Nikki Kiernan was more or less a non-factor in the game last year. Tonight, she played very well. Uh, Madison Temple was in high school last year. Yeah, Tonight, exactly. she hit a big three. Um, you know, so there were differences. Melissa Baptista was not a significant part of... Uh, well, and it didn't end up being a significant part of either game, but was not on the roster last year. So the teams were a little different, but I thought overall style of play was, was actually fairly similar. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's just... In a way, that's sort of toughs basketball. Yeah. You look, you read through the scores that they right. played people. You know, they beat Albright by a similar score. They beat Scranton by a similar score. Um, it's a testament to Thomas Moore that they can play at any pace you want to play at. Yeah. I'm sure they prefer the 92 points per game pace. Um, but I actually thought there were there were a lot of similarities between the two games. Um, you know, I guess if I had to boil it down to one thing, Abby Owings and Nikki Kiernan tonight played like they were a year older than they played last year sure. against Tufts. Interesting. Let's go to, with Tufts. You brought up Batista. Four fouls midway through the third quarter. Has to park. She's also uh, Lee's also got four fouls. Yeah. Carla finally brings uh, Baptista in, and right. I thought a good point to maybe get yeah. a spark. They yep. were kind of on a little bit of a run there, though. Yep. Um, was it Flor Foliard? Yeah. Foliard had certainly played maybe yeah. above expectations. Yeah. Baptista misses a layup and hits her fifth yeah, foul it was, in 19 yeah, seconds. It, it, was, it was a couple of things. It was, I think, Melissa was overeager. I think you sit on the bench, you watch your team come all the way back, you so badly want to be a part of it. Yeah. She got out there, they went right to her. Yep. The position was designed for her. She was posting up. She went, uh, you know, excellent Thomas Moore defense. She was double or triple teamed, did not get a good shot off, and then missed and fouled. That's been a little bit of an issue for, for Melissa throughout the season. They've talked about that in the um, – she had four fouls and sat early against Albright. She had four fouls and sat uh, early against Scranton. Uh, she didn't get into foul trouble against against Wartburg, but she did tonight. Um, it's something she's going to have to work on. She's just a sophomore. Everybody on on Tufts, with the exception of Roberson and a couple other players, are back. Um, the where it really hurt Tufts was Baptista needed to be a difference maker tonight. Yeah, because. North's a great player. You know what you're going to get from her. She's a six foot three or four post. Right. The guards are effective in their own way. Baptista is that one. I'm not putting her at Sydney Moss's level, but she's no. long. She's tall. She can play forward. She can play guard. You know, I thought that she would actually draw Sydney in an assignment because some of the things that Amherst had trouble with, Melissa wouldn't be able to be pushed out of the way like some of the Amherst guards were, but she got in foul trouble and, and never really was able to be a factor really in any way tonight. Well, and Tufts ended up with three players fouling yeah. out of the game, yep. which I think was another factor. It forced Carla deeper into her bench and into yeah. different matchups. Um, and well, Foliard and Wu played well. I mean, well, let's be it, you honest, know, they, they played out of their minds. Yeah, I mean, they, they both played well. Foliard's a jump shooter who shot well. Uh, Wu's an energy player who yeah. scored, I think that, that was her second highest uh, total of the year. I was looking at it as soon as she had Six points in, in, in 10 minutes. Um, so, you know, the Tufts players picked up for the fact that, uh, you know, they didn't hit a lot of threes. They're not a huge three-point shooting team. Um, but I thought, you know, the Thomas Moore defense was just really, really yeah. good. Uh, Kiernan, uh, Katie, Huber, um, you know, uh, Moss and Spots. There was a point in the game where Thomas Moore had to go small 
Uh, so they dropped Moss down to the four. She covered either Baptiste or North, whoever was in the post. Uh, and that enabled them to spread out the offense a little yeah. bit and enabled them to get more spacing because, uh, you know, Kiernan's a good player, but she's probably not going to draw an immediate double team. Moss, as soon as you give it to her in the post, particularly given what Moss did against Amherst, where she just ran through them in the low post, I'm sure Tufts and, and Coach Berube had seen that and thought, as soon as she touches, we have to double. And they were doubling, they were tripling, yeah. and Moss was kicking out, and, you know, Temple and, and Owings and a bunch of other players were hitting their shots. Owings no, certainly had a good game switching, and thanks for the transition to Thomas Moore because that's kind of where I wanted to go. Sydney Moss had a good game, but Owings started off timid and then exploded. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Kieran, it hit some big shots. Yeah. They had uh, Sa- uh, Santa Monica, uh, Santa Maria, Santa yeah. Maria, who hit a couple big shots, got some big yep. rebounds yeah. uh, as well. You had a lot of different players step up. We've been saying for years this is not the Sydney Moss show. Yeah. In the championship game, they showed this is right. not the Sydney Moss show. It was four players in double figures. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if I sent the second half box score to, to head coach GP Gramacki of Amherst for, from last week he for Sydney Moss, he would say, I, I definitely take that performance. Yeah. Two weeks ago, Sydney had 29 points in the second half. Tonight, she had four. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, she had three. She had three points in the second half. One was obviously on a free throw, uh, and the other was on a, on a layup where somebody else made the play happen. She just happened to be the last yep. one down the floor yeah. to score, and that was it. And that's not to say Sydney didn't have an impact tonight. I oh, mentioned no. the post-defense. She distributes from the wing. Uh, oh, know. she clearly was looking to distribute yeah. the second half. Yeah, I don't know if she was, you know, maybe in the back of her mind kind of chasing that second triple-double, saying, I'll get, you know, I'll get to the double on the other two. Let me see if I can do it for assists. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, but I, I thought... Uh, you know, Owings and Kiernan played really well. Um, you know, not that this was at all in the back of their mind, but they made their case to be number one again next year, even when I Moss graduates. Yeah. I thought Owings was the best player on the floor. Um, right. and, and that's, Valid point. you know, very different from two weeks ago when Owings was frustrated by Amherst. Um, it's always nice to have that backup plan where, you know, you wonder if Owings doesn't get off and Moss has to score 30. Would she have? She didn't need to tonight. She didn't need to. Yeah, yeah we joked actually. It would be funny if she had just also opened up and, and scored. Yeah, and, and in the last five so minutes. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Yeah, walked exactly. off the court. Yeah. Um, yeah, which she's certainly capable of. But I thought it was a really well game. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had two weeks to prepare. Yep. These two teams that aren't made a unfamiliar big with each other. Yep, that made a big difference. Um, so certainly that had some role in it. But. Outside of the t- title game for D1 that we w- we will have not seen and when we're talking yet, yeah. this was probably the best game we've seen in this building in this weekend. Well, certainly better than the two Division One semifinals, yeah. which were both blowouts. Division Two got close, but it, Division it was Two got more close. Of an arm yeah. reach game. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lubbock Christian there led. Alaska Anchorage. Yeah. I don't know when we'll ever get them in a yeah, report we'll again. Yeah, we'll never really talk about that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, tonight, particularly because Tufts got even and it, you could feel the tension rise in the building and the excitement, it was a well-played game. You know, both teams acquitted themselves very well uh, in, a, in a, you know, even despite the fact that they had two weeks off in, a, in a, obviously the biggest arena any of them will, will yeah. play in. Um, I thought they both acquitted themselves well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll talk to Sidney Moss, Jeff Hands, even talk to Justin Sweeney and just get his take. Obviously, he's knowing the team pretty well. On the flip side, though, Gordon will come back at the end. We'll talk about the atmosphere. We'll talk about the season. We'll talk about looking a little bit ahead to next season, though I know him and I don't want to look too far ahead. <laughs> we would like to take a break. When we'll come back with plenty more. You're watching a special edition of Hoopsville from Indianapolis. Back with more right after this. For the love of the game. That's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, 
We understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Special here from Indianapolis. I'm now joined by Sydney Moss, obviously pretty important player for Thomas Moore, but her whole team is. I want to get a little an idea from her, but after a national championship. First and foremost, congratulations, back-to-back -back championships. <laughs> I know that was a goal. Yeah. What's it feel like to now actually have it gotten it done? Uh, it feels amazing, you know, to go out there and, and get the win, you know, the last one of college career, and then also, you know, the last one in a Thomas Moore uniform and playing with the girls that, you know, you spend every day with. How hard, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious, how hard is it in a game like this when you know you can easily score 30, 40 some odd points to not go out there on your last game and just do that? Um, I mean, I think I ended, what, four for 14? And, yeah. you know, my, my shots were right there. They just weren't falling. Yeah. And um, I just knew that I need to get, you know, my teammates involved and, um, you know, not letting the defense just shut me down, but also having to guard everybody else. So, yeah. um, you know, from a defense of, you know, playing offense, but against, you know, defense, I try to get everybody involved and, um, you know, where they have to stop the whole team and not just me. It's interesting. You almost had different parts throughout the game kind of working. At one point, you had your shots falling. Abby started a little cold and mm -hmm. kind of warmed up and then caught fire. Um, and we can go through the roster. Somebody mm -hmm. at some point at, at, at every facet of this game stepped mm -hmm. up. A lot of people have talked about how this is a Sydney Moss show. You guys mm -hmm. really have shown it's not. It's really a team for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we showed that at the beginning, you know, me sitting out the first five games and yeah. them still getting wins, you know, and, <laughs> and it wasn't just little wins. It was by, you know, 15, 20 points, and it just showed, you know, the toughness of, of the teammates and, um, you know, and then me stepping in there, hopefully, you know, boosted them a little bit. And <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was a team effort, and that's, you know, how you win championships. Um, you know, you know, defense wins championships. I think, you know, playing as a team wins championships. 14 points, nine rebounds. Obviously, points and stats are great things. But what did you? How did you feel about the game that you played in, 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 in this atmosphere, in this opportunity? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously new. You know, playing at Thomas More, where, yeah. <laughs> where, uh, well, you know, you, <laughs> somewhat new for you. Let's <laughs> well, be you honest. You know, the background. You know, the background and right. uh, you know, fan, you know, this many fans and uh, stuff like that. So. I mean, for for playing in a new arena and in a bigger arena than at Thomas More, it was. I mean, I thought I played decent, but obviously I could hit a few more shots. And um, I mean, that's. I feel like that's what everybody says. You know, yeah. I could have played better. Whether they sure. drop, you know, 14 or whether they drop 60, you know, they. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it. Um, you know, I could have done a little bit better, but a win's a win. So whether it's ugly or you're pretty. 
do you hearken in a game like this back to your D1 experience of being in an arena maybe this size to having more fans? Are you able to help your teammates going, hey, you know, some of this just ignores. Some of this, you know, understand, and here's how to get used to shooting lines. Does any mm. of that come up this week or the past two weeks? Yeah, I mean, Coach did a good job of getting us in different venues, you know, okay. um, instead of practicing at Thomas Moore, you know, you know, day after day. And, um, you know, he kind of told us, we came out here and sat and watched D2 schools, and he said, yeah. you know, get your, get your looking around the arena over with and then come out here ready to go. So yeah. he said, you know, don't worry about the fans and stuff. Just stay, you know, stay focused and, and worry about, um, you know, stay in the moment and, don't worry about the future or the past. What was it about the game? What was the key moment, you think? Obviously, it came back on you late, uh, you know, or not late, really, about midway through the fourth quarter, really made it interesting. But what was the key moment that you guys realized, okay, this game is ours, or we are able, we're going to walk away with this win? Um, I mean, I think after the, the media, after the, the below, yeah, below the five minutes um, in the fourth quarter, I think we all, you know, coming out of there, we all just looked at each other and, you know, I think in our eyes, you know, we could all tell that we need to get stops and, sure. um, you know, obviously score to win this game. And, you know, we buckled down at the end and got the win. Quickly look back at the three years you've been here. Obviously, it was, a, it was an important move for you to, to come back to family and do something different. Looking back at three years, obviously, two national championships, almost mm -hmm. a third chance. But from you as a personal point of view, the decision and, and looking back on the last three years, what's it meant to you? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. And, you know, playing with these group of girls and, you know, getting close with Coach Hands and, you know, have him having my back and me having his back is, is you know, one in a lifetime. Have a coach, a head coach like that. And playing with a group of girls that I did, I mean, they're awesome. And, um, you know, they had my back as well. And, I mean, obviously my, my sophomore year tore my knee and then going back yeah. to back, you know, undefeated seasons is, you know, one in a lifetime, you know, unless you're a UConn. You have come from a different point of view where you have been D1, you've come to D3. You know, we all talk about the D3 mm -hmm. experience of what's it like to be YD3, et cetera. Mm -hmm. From your point of view, having mm -hmm. seen both sides, what what is so important about being a Division three student athlete? I mean, obviously the free time. Uh, <laughs> you do you get know, more you know, of that, don't you? During the summer, yeah. you know, the coach tries to tell us, you know, get in the gym as much as possible and, you know, try to stay in shape a little bit. But, uh, I mean, you have your summers off. It's not... It, you control your own destiny. Sure. You know, you don't have individual workouts. You don't have, you know, weights that you have to go to as a team. You you do all that. So just, I mean, you obviously have to put in what you want to get out. Yeah. And at Division One, you put in whether you want to, you know, put in all that or stuff or not. Yeah. No. So Division Three, I mean, I think that you put in what you what you want to come out. Well, I appreciate you taking the time yeah. to chat with me. Thank you. Uh, as always, we give uh, the guests the final word. Anything you want to say to, the, to Thomas Moore, the Division Three community, whatever, as you walk off a champion in your senior year? Go Saints. Very nice. <laughs> she is Sydney Moss. When we come back, we'll talk to her head coach, Jeff Hans, right here. Hans. I keep saying Hans. It's <laughs> Jeff Hans. He'll talk to him here on Hoopsville. Coming up next. I'm a Division Three student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. 
At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. Welcome back to Hoopsville from Indianapolis, site of the Women's Championship. And I am now joined by Jeff Hands, head coach for Thomas More. First and foremost, congratulations, back-to-back -back champions. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Um, it was interesting sitting behind your bench for a game. <laughs> I, I was looking forward to seeing your team in action. It got a unique experience being behind your bench. From your point of view, was this how this game was going to play out? Did you really think this was going to be deja vu to last year's semifinals where it was low scoring and just to grind it out? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, just that's how Tufts is. They're well coached, great program, great players, and they defend you. Yeah. They don't make mistakes defensively. Yeah. And so they make it tough on you. And it's a, every shot is a battle. Uh, and then they execute on offense, you know, and I thought we were able to make more plays um, winning the rebounding battle the way we were able to sure. tonight and getting to the free throw line uh, 24 times was very big for our team. Interesting, kind of an ebb and flow to the game. You guys came out and looked a little nervous. Mm -hmm. uh, Abby certainly didn't look like she was on her game, made a couple interesting decisions. Sydney seemed to want to do a little extra, and some of the other players didn't seem to fit their roles. Tufts gets up. Mm -hmm. They feel confident. Then you guys find a switch. You roll back on them. And then in the second half, it's the opposite. They come running back on you guys and made it tight. Was it hard to kind of control the game? Was it hard to control the emotions of the game? Yeah, it was. Uh, being on this stage, I mean, 6,400 people in the, <laughs> in the stands to yeah. watch, you know, and that's a great atmosphere for our, our, yeah. our program, Tufts, and all Division Three women's basketball. Yeah. To be in this setting here in Indianapolis, it's just great. And so, yeah, we were nervous. We didn't yeah. look good, you know, I, I knew it two minutes into it, um, <laughs> but we got settled down. You know, I thought what really settled us down was when we had to go small because of some foul trouble. Sure. Um, we were able to spread the floor, attack the rim a little bit more, get to the free throw line, and, and made they had to make adjustments yeah. on what they were doing. And then the second, third quarter, they just kept playing. They kept coming at us, uh, tied it up with about six and a half, I think, 6.50 left to go in the fourth. And then we were able to get on a run. And, you know, it's a game of runs. They made theirs late third quarter because we were still up eight, I think, mm -hmm. um, at the media timeout in the third quarter. And, you know, they made it to cut it to a five. And then they kept it going to tie it beginning of the fourth. And then we made the last run. Yeah, well, certainly an important run yes, it was. <laughs> to get to that yeah. title. Um, interesting enough, you also had to, you both had to kind of go to other players, mm -hmm. both Tufts and yourselves. Were you surprised at the players that stepped up for Tufts? Did it throw you guys for a little bit of a run there, or, or really put you on your heels? Because during that run, it wasn't Baptista. It wasn't necessarily Norris. It was other players. Yeah, no, it, we expected that. Um, because the good ones are going to make good plays when they need to yeah. and in big games. And that's when they made shots. Uh, Wu coming off the bench and getting, I think, eight points or something like that off the bench and hitting some tough pull-up jumpers and, and getting some really good looks for them. And, you know, that, that sparked them. Yeah. And, and we had the same thing, but we didn't, may not got the scoring off the bench. Right. But we got hustle plays, uh, rebounds. So I thought that was a little different, and, uh, but I thought they handled it well. Interestingly enough, uh, you know, you look at the season, and, you know, last year you guys go undefeated, high expectations, mm -hmm. but probably not 
can they go undefeated and can they win a national title, but certainly in the conversation. You win the national title, the expectations coming in this season is why can't they go undefeated and why can't they win a second championship? You got it done. So in many ways, you know, you feel good about that. But how tough was that to to have to deal with or experience the whole season? It was hard, you know, and but we talked about not winning another one. You know, we wanted to win. This is a different team and it's a different year. And we wanted this team to win the first one and win their first one. And, you know, there's a lot of outside pressure, you know, because mm-hmm. those expectations are there. And you get people talking to you about when the semifinals are announced at Capitol. You know, two hours away. When they, when they know, figure out the championships in Indianapolis, two yeah. hours away. You know, and they, they expect you to get back here. They want you to get back here because they're hedging their bets. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, and that's that pressure was there, but we never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought they heard it all year long. Sure, they heard it. Hard to ignore. It, yeah, it is. With when you got in class with with students and other athletes that are here supporting you tonight, and you know, and family members and everybody that says get there. You know, we're going to be there to support you. Um, you know, but I thought they handled it well. Um, because we try to deflect it as much as possible. I know sure. we're not going to deflect it all the way. Right. And it was a great experience here. What was the secret to the season then? What was what was the the ingredient in the sauce, mm-hmm. as it were, that that allowed you guys to pull this off? Team, okay. being a family, um, playing for each other, and I thought that's that's what got us going in the second quarter tonight. And I thought that's when it showed. And then again in the fourth quarter, when we were able to go on that ten zero run, mm-hmm. that we started sharing the basketball a little bit more. You know, we didn't have the number of assists that we normally have, and right. a lot of that's tough. And, yeah. and the way they play, like I said, defensively. Um, but you know, when we needed to, we got we got some defensive stops. You know, I thought thought we showed tonight that we could be pretty good defensively as well, even though we weren't great all the time like they were. But we were good enough when it mattered to get a defensive rebound and a run out or a steal and, and a push and transition to, to get an offensive rebound uh, to get a second chance opportunity. You talk about the team. Let's talk about the team. You know, this isn't about Sydney Moss, but we'll talk about her in a minute. But, you know, Abby Owings certainly was, is, is a firecracker mm-hmm. for your team. She seems like the spark plug, really, in many ways. You had a lot of other players who contributed at different points in the game when Abby couldn't hit a shot or, or Sydney couldn't grab a rebound or something. You've had other players step up. Tell me about this team and why it's so good. Um, kind of like what I said with the ingredient, it's just family. They want to play for each other. Um, you know, that's why we we built it that way. So mm-hmm. we want to lead the country in assist turnover ratio, and we want to lead them in numbers of assists per game, and and do those types types of things because it's it's fun that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, you share the basketball, and you get four people in double figures like we did tonight, and then yeah. you get people off the bench and and getting uh, hustle plays, defensive contributions, rebounds, diving on the floor. You know, trying to take a charge. Uh, it just it energizes everybody, and, and everybody feeds off of that. Looking slightly ahead, but looking at this season, what you went through, the fact you're a team, the fact you went through the first five games without Sydney Moss, mm-hmm. the fact that you could essentially win a game without Sydney. I mean, Sydney did have 14 points and nine rebounds, but as you said, other players stepped up and had double-figure nights. How much has that almost early, given you an early transition to the future without the one everyone is keying on? Yeah. Um, it's been it's been big. Yeah. It has been big because playing those five games early uh, gave them confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, allowed made them do things that they may have not been comfortable doing in the past. Because you get somebody with Sydney's talent; she's a security blanket. Right. They look to her. Yeah. Like, like at Amherst, uh, we looked to her a little bit too much tonight and had some turnovers. Yeah. Um, you know, so she's that security blanket that everybody goes to. Hey, Sid, go make a play instead of them making a play. And so I thought tonight that showed when. We needed a, a, a big shot, Madison Temple's three, to put us up seven. Oh, yeah. oh, that was big, 
you know, yeah. that was really big for us and a lot of confidence and got the crowd back into it. Yeah. I mean, we were on a little bit of a run. I mean, we scored four in a row, four points in a row, and the test three, was they were right there. And yeah. then that three, that kick out three right from the top of Keenan went down. Um, you know, that was, a, that was a big point in the game. Sydney Moss, obviously, three years with you guys, two championships, almost a third. Unfortunate mm -hmm. breaks to, to fall with the first run. What has she meant to you? What has she meant to the program um, to get you to where you guys are? Obviously, she was a key, but what has she meant on a more personal level? Uh, she's like a daughter, you know, um, just the way she is, how smart she is, and, and the things, her coming home uh, to, to, and making a lot of sacrifices mm -hmm. to play here and, you know, those type of things. It's just, it's tremendous. It shows who she is, um, you know, not only a great basketball player, but a great person on and off the court, very humble because mm -hmm. she could try to go out and score 25, 30 every night if she wanted to Absolutely. take those shots. Now tonight she couldn't because she couldn't make a shot. Um, <laughs> but that's why everybody else is around her. Yeah. You know, and she was that, everybody's got those players, those those players that should be Division Two or Division One. Absolutely. Um, and you have to to be here in this situation or, or in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, you have to. And there, a lot of other players, uh, places have them as well. And so, she just gives us a little bit more of an edge. And then having Nikki and Abby uh, Madison and then Olivia Huber and the, the other three seniors, mm. Sam and, and Alexa, playing the way they do, you know, just it makes everybody better. Talk about the atmosphere. You mentioned mm -hmm. 6,400 people. You know, this place was jammed. Even UConn showed up. I, I don't know if Syracuse was here or not, but we saw UConn show up and enjoy the game. Heck, the UConn band, you know, dressed mm -hmm. in tough gear. I mean, they made it a great atmosphere. Yeah. What was it like to play in this atmosphere, though? It was outstanding. I mean, just to be here, uh, whether playing the Division One championship yeah. tomorrow night, you know, and right behind the Division Two championship, yeah, and have 6,400 people, and it, it got loud, you know, yeah, it got it really loud uh, when Tufts making their run, and then yeah. we make our run, you know, so that that's experience that these these guys will take forever, and to, to be the first team, and, and Tufts to be the first team to have an opportunity to be on this stage in this setting, yeah. um, it's perfect for both programs. We haven't seen the D1 championship, but arguably of the other four games combined, this was the best game, the best, the well, most well played, certainly the most competitive, certainly the most back and forth. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to put Division Three basketball on, on this floor in this spotlight? Is obviously it's going to do nothing but help it. But from your point of view, what does this mean to do for this for this division? Oh, it's huge for the division, you know, because everybody looks at it and now says, hey, there's a lot of good basketball, mm -hmm. you know, because there's Division One coaches here, there's. Division two coaches here watching um, because they're here for the convention and, right. and to watch the other games. So for them to see us play, us and Tufts go at it and, and just battle like we did, I think I think it's big for everybody, you know. And it, it'll only strengthen our game, and that's what it's about. It's about the players, uh, the student athletes, and their experience. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us throughout the season, mm -hmm. especially the last few weeks. I feel like I've talked to you almost <laughs> every week, but I appreciate you taking the time. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those uh, tuning in? Just thank, thank you and Gordon for coming in here and, and getting into Indy and covering us and Tufts and, and everybody all year long and all the time you guys put into Division Three basketball, men and women, and, and um, you know helping these student athletes have a great experience. Well, thank you for making it easy. We're to trying to. Thank you. Here's thank Jeff you. Hans. Hans, I keep doing that. <laughs> Hans Solo, Jeff Hans, yeah. something like that. Maybe but we'll it, get him next year. Yeah, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe next year. I think we'll have him on a few times next year, too. Jeff Hans here on Hoops. And when we come back, I'll get a different point of view from Justin Sweeney, and then we'll wrap it up when Gordon returns. Here on a special edition of Hoopsville from Indianapolis. Celebrate the soggy shoes and the slow starts. 
celebrate the lessons learned along the way. These are the wins. Not the shiny nail-biting kind. These are the last a lifetime kind. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. Uh, it was hard to look at people's faces. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville Special here from Indianapolis as we recap the Women's Championship. I am now joined by Justin Sweeney, uh, who has seen um, his fair share of pretty good teams. He certainly saw George Fox on their runs to, to uh, some good some good championships and even non-championships. He saw some good runs. He's obviously seen Thomas Moore as well. You got a chance to take this all in. What did you think of this run by Thomas Moore in the game in particular? Well, I think we had the joy of seeing one of the greatest teams, obviously, in the history of Division Three Women's College basketball and I think when it came down to it you saw in about the final six seven minutes of this game just the complexity and the depth that Thomas Moore has to offer. I thought Tufts came into this game tonight Carla Baruby she had about a year and some change to stew about what she could do to formulate a better game plan against this Thomas Moore squad. It's kind of interesting in the end I'm sure it's been dissected already that the margin and even the score in fact was almost Darn nearly close. identical to yeah. last year's final four national semifinal game but again uh, Tufts played their rear ends off in yeah. this game against Thomas Moore, but I think when it came down to it, even though they were very successful at times, numerous times in this game, in forcing Thomas Moore to rely on their third or fourth option, get uncomfortable, find ways to convert in different ways, you still saw that depth in the end for Thomas Moore. Now, it didn't necessarily occur on the offensive end. You didn't see that kind of showtime offense, a lot of the high-flying plays that we be become adept or accustomed to yeah, seeing yeah. Thomas Moore involved so in much through the course game. of the season. But they did it with defense, and you saw the depth with the defense. It wasn't just Sydney Moss, who we saw her versatility tonight, whether it was on the wing or getting down low in the block when her corresponding posts were in foul trouble, but Abby Owings coming up with uh, a number of poignant fast break opportunities, and everybody else chipping in, not just Sydney Moss and Abby Owings. Maybe Carla Bruby said it best when she said, I don't know if it was necessarily those two, but it might have been the role players that killed us tonight. Well, it was. The role players stepped up. We saw that in Kieran certainly had a great game. You saw that from some other players. And she's come along so far in yeah. the span of a year. Like they said last year, maybe not necessarily timid, but kind of waiting for her right time to step up. Tonight when she got the ball in the post, she was focused. She did not waste time. She was efficient. She threw it in the hoop nearly every single time she got the ball in the block. And even Tufts had to go to their role players because we didn't mm. have some per people step up like we thought we would. Baptista didn't have a great game. 
Uh, it forced them into some other players, and we saw some great role opportunities out of players we are going to see in the future out of that tough squad as well. And it's exciting, and I hope it kind of paints the blueprint for maybe another reunion, if we w if you will, of these teams perhaps in the future. Yes, Thomas Moore, they're losing a lot of seniors. They're losing maybe, arguably, debatably, the greatest player in the history of women's basketball at this level, but still, the cupboard is quite full for Jeff Hands, and the same could be said for Carla Barubi's tough jumbos. Well, the, both teams, I think, showed that. Tonight. I think both teams showed the future of their programs mm. on display here in this game. It was those players who put the games on their shoulders. It was those players who got the turnovers, the assists, the big shots, hit the free throws. It wasn't necessarily the Sydney Moss show. It was not necessarily the seniors of, of, of Tufts, not that we really expected it, but who were the factors in this game. It was interesting, again, because I just keep hearkening back to the illustration of the depth of both of these teams. And I think in the end, Thomas Moore just had a little more depth. But yeah. as you delve deeper and deeper into the stats, the second chance points, not the second chance points, but rather the bench points, it's really glaring in favor of Tuss. Again, yeah. a lot of the veterans that came off the bench carried them to the final junctures of this game before Thomas Moore kind of reached that inevitable point of this game where everyone was kind of expecting maybe it was delayed, but eventually they took over and kind of overpowered Tuss over the final six minutes. We've mentioned it a few times on the show already, but we, we saw ebbs and flows. I mean, mm -hmm. it started off as the, as the Tufts game because they came out and kind of went after um, uh, went after Thomas Moore and played him hard and was driving the lane, getting some shots, and Thomas Moore was kind of sitting back on their heels. Then Thomas Moore said, whoa, enough of this, and Abby Owings. We're Thomas Moore. Yeah, and Abby's, Abby, Moore, Abby Owings changed gears. I mean, come on, talk about the last shot of the half. She's bringing the ball up the court as slowly as possible. I'm sitting there going, she's going to get a 10-second violation, crosses a timeline, and about a second later, changes gears and is gone with a scoop shot layup. I mean, it was little moments like that that really were the testament of this game. And there's a lot of different elements to this game that determine the outcome, but I asked you guys and Gordon, who was sitting next to me, and a couple of the other characters along Press Row here, true or false, <laughs> you know, was Abby Owings the best player in this no, game probably. tonight? And, you know, I think... I think Outside of the opening couple of minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a really glaring impact she had, particularly in the second half of this ball game. Of course, she wasn't on her own. You saw the depth of this team. Sydney Moss did her thing. Nikki Kiernan was magical inside, but Abby Owings, I thought, really decided as the point guard, as one of the key leaders of this team. The ball is in my hands, and I need to, as you said, you know, push the ante and uh, yeah. shift up into she turbo. Was, she was good. Hey, atmosphere-wise, you've been to quite a few championship opportunities. You you love the NBA, so you're in buildings like this often. What did you think of the atmosphere this, for this one? I had high hopes. I've heard nothing but great things about Banker's Life Fieldhouse. It's a very presentable arena on television. A lot of the people I've talked to who have come to Banker's Life Fieldhouse have said it is a state-of-the-art arena, and it certainly did not disappoint for us this week and what I really like about it is just the way it's constructed. It's cavernous. Every seat in this arena is steep but at the same time it's not a bad seat. Everybody no. feels like they're tucked into the game and it's weird how it both doubles as an NBA arena but it still possesses that collegial feel sure. and when yeah, we saw point. these roughly, I don't know, 600 to 900 Thomas fan, uh, Thomas Moore fans, the student section and the rest of the families pouring in here and then an almost equivalent tough jumbos representation yeah. on the other end all chiming back and forth. Yeah. You really had the feel of a Division Three basketball game and yeah, possibly even more. One. And yeah. we got to feel that last night and um, my hat's off not only to everybody who partook in hosting this tournament this week, but everybody who traveled far and wide yeah. to really make this event hum every single day throughout. And I'm sure maybe with some of the semifinal teams flying home, particularly from the West Coast after last night's results, I think we're still going to have a great turnout for tonight's game. And Indianapolis is still bouncing and popping. Yeah, I got to, by the way, we're going to let the cat out of the 
the bag a little bit here. Justin has been a little bit on cloud nine most of the weekend because, A, you got to see the guy you he, you called get to, uh, to the championship at George Fox Scott Ruick play at Oregon State. So for you, it was kind of nostalgic in that factor. Then we sat behind Anchorage, uh, Alaska Anchorage's team in the D2 game hearkening back to your roots and of course in the d3 game you know these teams darn well and you're a d3 i guy. feel a little personally spoiled I, I'm, I'm saying you kind of got the most out of this experience did you not it was great it was a magical weekend i was anticipating a magical weekend not only were the games pretty good and compelling but i had a lot of time uh many chances to catch up with some old friends like coach ruick met marvin or met up with marvin mary lou mm -hmm. his parents who um actually dating back to that that wonderful journey back in 2009 when i initially met them and have kept up with him and his family throughout the year and got a quick photo op with B.B. Gardner, now Brianna Ware. Yeah. Um, she came up from Tulsa, Oklahoma this weekend. She was the starting point guard for that George yeah. Fox uh, National Championship team back in 2009. So it wasn't only just a great spectacle of basketball, but I think it was almost sort of even additionally somewhat like a family gathering yeah. and got to see you and Larry and Gordon and the rest of the gang as well. Once again. Yeah, once again. It's been such a long time since Vegas. I know. It's been forever. At least it feels, actually it does feel pretty forever. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join me as always to give the coach uh, the coach because it's normally a coach the guest the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in i think the spectacle spectacle has been outstanding and a lot of the conversation around women's basketball its evolution the next direction it's headed in and i think it's in a very good place right now at all three levels um, i know it's discussed with gordon um, that it's it's becoming deeper at every single level. Mm -hmm. More girls are growing up invested in the game of basketball. You come out here this weekend and watch a just a generational talent in mm -hmm. Brianna Stewart, and then even then at our level in Sydney, Sydney Moss, Moss. A lot of these role models to look up to and try to emulate and model. And I just think this sport is catching amazing momentum. And it was really nice to be a part of one of the poignant and latest moments in the growth of this sport this weekend here at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And what an event it was. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us for the weekend. Appreciate that weekend. It isn't really a weekend, but it, it's but not, it but it is. Yeah, it's kind of weird. When we come back, Gordon rejoins me. We talk about the atmosphere once again. We also talk a little bit about the season that was and the season that will be when we come back with a special edition of Hoopso from the Indianapolis Division Three, Two, and One Championship Weekend. Division Three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division III school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division III in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate, in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. 
And welcome back to a special edition of Hoopsville. I am Dave McHugh. We're joined by Gordon Mann as we wrap up things here from Indianapolis. And, and the one thing I certainly wanted to get your take on, we were in Atlanta. We saw the atmosphere that was so great for the Division Three and Division Two students uh, in that occasion. Of course, in, in that occasion, Division One played under 70, 75,000. Right. Division Two, Division Three went to an arena like this, yeah. slightly smaller, and played their game. Here we're seeing it all in one place, so it's got yeah. a little bit of a different feel. But all in all, the atmosphere for Division Three was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, un- can't possibly be duplicated uh, in in Division Three. Um, you know, I'm trying to kind of create a mental scenario. If you somehow had Calvin and Hope play each other at DeVos or Van Nord, you'd have the arena, you'd have the crowd. I'm talking about in a national championship sure. game, not in a regular season game. You might get close. Well, uh, you still have to bring in the scoreboard right. and, and do the pomp and circumstance, right. the lighting yeah. and the yeah. and the DJ, not yeah. the DJ, but the musical yeah. background, everything that the Pacers organization does every every every, day, every third day, the yeah, fever, yeah, you know, into that mix. They're doing it all yeah. season, so yeah, it's certainly different. Um, and I sense that the student athletes really um, kind of em- not embellished it, but really enjoyed it, really soaked it in, yeah. and really took they advantage of it. it. They enjoyed it. And the folks here did a really nice job. Uh, and I don't know whether this was true with the men. It may have been, and we just didn't hear it, or I didn't hear it. They did a good job tying the three levels together. They did an event called the Salute, yep. where they took folks to the Indy to the, the Indy 500. Yeah. But yeah, they went to the Indianapolis. Speedway. You know, the, the eight teams, so the four, the four Division One, the two D two is in the two D threes. Um, you know, the players have all talked about they felt fantastic here. I think they, you know, they to- thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Thomas Moore will get to come out and you know stand out here, I guess, for the both national teams, anthem. I think are oh, both hold teams the, hold the flag. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be exciting uh, for them. It, it's uh, it's a great atmosphere. I think this is a this is a great building for basketball. Obviously, sure. that's what it was built for. But it's a great building for a national championship. Being in the Georgia Dome felt a little weird. I don't think that would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously for women, yeah. That, that, for the women's for the for women's D3 crowd. Men's either. I don't know that it, it wouldn't work for D three men, and I'm not entirely sure it worked for D one men no, either. That's probably a fair argument. Um, but I thought the atmosphere here was uh, was spectacular, and you know, uh, they had to wait two gate two two weeks to play the championship game instead of playing it in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Um, that created some some scheduling issues or some you know some stretching out the season. Uh, what an experience. A couple funny notes. Uh, first off, the Speedway, uh, they got to take their actual buses that they traveled in and yeah. do a lap. <laughs> Sidney Moss talked about wanting to, um, to get, get the bus, bus driver, driver to go faster. faster. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, heck no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going fast <laughs> enough. And they were probably probably still speeding along yeah. pretty well. Uh, they talked about meeting the D1 players and getting pictures. Somebody yeah. told me, who's the the UConn player? The, Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart apparently yeah. had two or three abreast of her and her hands were yeah. pretty much reaching all the way yeah. around uh, everybody. Um, the D1 students, I mean, we had UConn at the game yeah. for D3. Um, what, a couple other notes. Uh, obviously, the the opening, you know, yeah. the starting lineups, the lights down and all right. of that, uh, getting to take that in and then getting to take in the yeah. D1 games. They, they did they did some nice things in-game. I mean, they had the uh, <laughs> a power pack or whatever they yeah. were called, the halftime folks, but they, um, they did some video that I think was probably just seen in-house where they asked the kids yeah. a bunch of questions, some of which were very funny. You know, show us your best dance move. How would you survive the zombie apocalypse? Things like that. And you could see, I thought, I thought Coach Hands actually handled it really well. I don't know whether it was intentional or just kind of serendipitous. But whenever they would do one of those, he would stay out of the huddle, 
the players would sort of sheepishly all watch what was on the scoreboard because they were the ones that were up there uh, and they had kind of funny graphics with him. And then once that went over, he would step into the huddle and say, okay, here's what we want to do. Um, You know, that was different because the D2 kids, you could see that the coach was trying to talk to them through it. You you could see the players out of, you know, out of the tops of their eyelids trying to see what what funny thing their their teammates had said. So, you know, just again, just another special touch uh, that made things so nice I felt bad for the Thomas More band. Uh, I don't know if they knew they were going to go up against the UConn band. Yeah. Who dressed in the Tufts blues yeah. and learned the fight. It was a great, a great moment. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And there was a lot yeah. of fun. But you know the Thomas More band went, oh, come on. Yeah. But you can, and in terms of the teams who made it here, you know, I'm, I'm sure Wartburg and Amherst and lots of other teams would debate this point. But you sort of had almost the perfect two teams to play in this. Yeah. The only one that would have been better is if, like, I don't know, Capital or something sure. like that. Because you had Thomas More who is two hours away, Coach Han said in the postgame, this was a closer game for us than any road game we've had this year. Because remember, they're in the President's Athletic Conference and they got to drive six hours to their closest, or whatever it is, to their closest uh, drive, and it's only two hours here. And because of Tufts, you had the UConn factor. Yeah. So cool picture with Jen Rosati and Rebecca Lobo, yes. who are who are all-time greats in college basketball, wearing tough sweatshirts. Yeah. Uh, you had Oriyama, who was here for a I while. Saw him, but he was not wearing anything tough. No, it, no. no, it was not. So, But it was <laughs> it was kind of the right two teams. They yeah. were able to get the tie-in. And, and the fact that we got to see you know, Coach Ruick at, at Oregon State yeah. sort of tied the whole weekend together. Um, so serendipitous certainly didn't, didn't script it that way, but it was nice. Uh, looking back at the season, uh, everyone kind of hoped and expected Thomas Moore to get here, win yeah. another national championship so they at least lived up to that yeah. but your take on how the rest of the season kind of played out you know I, I we, we went down the stretch we had a bunch of undefeated teams we had George Fox that was undefeated uh, we had Scranton that was undefeated we had Bluffton that was undefeated yeah, for a long that? time uh, I, I thought it was it was a nice mix I thought uh, you know you had uh, the, I thought the NESCAC frankly acquitted itself pretty well that hasn't mm-hmm. always been the case at the That's final true. four but they were Clearly, the best two teams. Whether you take Tufts one and Amherst two, or the other way around, uh, they were the best two teams that played Thomas More. They were the only ones of many that they played that were, you know, kind of tournament caliber who played them competitively. Frankly, uh, you know, I thought Thomas More obviously had a spectacular season. I thought Texas Tyler really acquitted yes. itself well. I thought Wartburg really acquitted itself well. Wartburg, yeah. You know, Thomas More will be the headline, and they should. Tufts will be, you know, third or fourth headline. paragraph yeah. down. Uh, but whenever the top 25 poll comes out, you're going to see Texas Tyler higher than they've yep. ever been. You're going to see Wartburg higher than they've ever been. Um, you know, Stevens had a real nice season. And, and it's it's not quite Division Three football where you really have to remind yourself, I have to look beyond Mount Union right. and whoever they happen to play in the championship for those other levels of stories. But as you look down, you know, down the levels, Albright had a special season, they a season they've, they've never had before Wartburg deeper in the tournament than they've ever been before. Um, the other thing about the season is a lot of the top players come back, and that's not the case every year. Now, it's true. the top, top player, Sidney Moss. Yeah. To You're going to have to have a tough decision. Next, yeah. <laughs> Moss will act to the, to, the, to the joy of the other 400-something programs. She's, she's done now. <laughs> um, but uh, Lisa Murphy, who had a, a great yep. year at Carnegie Mellon, I talked to a number of people, and they said that she was probably the best player not named Sidney Moss in Division Three women's basketball. She's back. Caitlin Langer, who's the West Region Player of the Year, she's back. Michaela North, who's the Northeast Region of the Player, uh, Player of the Year, 
she's, she's back. back. Uh, Owings is back for two more years. Amherst brings everybody back. Tufts House brings, brings every almost everybody yeah. back. Wartburg brings almost everybody back. Scranton brings almost everybody back. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a year where you saw, um, you know, Thomas Moore clearly much head and shoulders, but you saw the emergence of some other teams that give you reason to believe, okay, this is not just a one and done. This is not just, you know, a team gets to the final four and next yeah. year they're third in their conference. Yep. I, I think so for the teams that were in it and didn't get all the way this far, I think there's a, a lot to hope for. I think if you're one of those third or fourth place teams and you're, you want to make the step up, um, you know, it'll be easier in the president's athletic conference, but not a lot. I mean, that the team we saw tonight wins goes 18 and 0 in yeah. the conference again next year. But in some of those other tightly contested conferences, it's wide the, open. the capital, the NJAC, the WIAC, the NESCAC, NESCAC. all of those, uh, I would expect you're going to see a lot of those same teams CDC. again. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Newport brings everybody back. It's another one of those. Marymount's going to be good. Going to bring. Yeah, going to bring all their all their young kids. Texas Tyler brings most of yep. their their team back. So, um, you know, uh, those programs that were on the cusp this year of getting to the Final Four. I don't know how many of them would have been competitive with Thomas Moore, uh, but they'll all be. Back Thomas Moore will come back to the pack a yeah, little, little bit, bit now. Yeah, yeah. That happens when you lose the greatest, you know, the greatest Division Three player, certainly of her generation, if not of all time. Um, but a lot of those other programs have have a lot to look forward to, and that's without knowing who's a freshman, who's a transfer, who will return from injury, all that other stuff. Interesting enough, you know, we talk in Division Three men's basketball about the parity and, and mm -hmm. how much it is just wide open nowadays. Yeah. Uh, even though if the top teams are still there, there's a lot more right. teams are competing with them. We're st I'm starting to see the depth in Division Three yeah. women, and there's one thing I will not forget about this season it was a quote from Nancy Fay at the beginning yeah I said you know it's, you, you haven't won a championship in a while it's a little <laughs> bit more competitive than it used to why she goes a lot of more young girls like to play basketball right we're seeing that now yeah in division three basketball. yeah you, you see a, you see a higher level of particularly I mean you just look at the Florida night tough started three sophomores yeah three sophomores Baptista Dillon and uh, Josie Lee I believe yeah. we're all we're all sophomores you know, you could make an argument that certainly the best player in the game in number two A were both sophomores for Thomas Moore, Kiernan, and yeah. and, and Abby yeah, Owings. Um, you know, some of that, frankly, is the fact that when you and I get to see these teams, we're seeing the creme de la creme. We're seeing That's the true. top. We're seeing programs that have now been successful for a long time. So they're going to get a different kind of yeah. freshman than you know eighth it's place like team and the, yeah, kind of player than than the eighth else. place team and the yeah. UMAC does. Yeah, exactly. um, you know, so we're, we're a little bit of that is, but yeah, I, I think you definitely have seen, um, unlike Division Three football, unlike Division One women's basketball. Sure. You've seen some of these. It's not just well, other programs need to get better, whatever that means. You can actually measure it in terms of some turnover at the top, in terms of close games in the national championships, and not just in terms of kind of moral victories, which some of those other sports have. Uh, you write a great article. I don't want to take the thunder of that article sure. away, but you write about Sydney Moss, arguably maybe the best player yeah. that's ever played in Division Three, and there's certainly been some great players. Yeah. Rhonda Joe Miller is when I got into yep. it was certainly a player that yeah, came to mind. But did. just give it, give me a little bit of a sense of what the article yeah. kind of touches on yeah so i uh, last year i spent way too many words talking about sydney moss's <laughs> season because it was really one of a kind definitely a division three and i didn't check division one but maybe all of college basketball she was a consensus player of the year for, mm -hmm. for us and for the wbca she was the tournament's most outstanding player which she was again this year uh, she was the nation's leading scorer that was the unusual one because a lot of times the scoring champion plays for a team who doesn't get to the tournament Agreed. and they're playing in a conference where they may be the best player on their team in a conference that isn't you know really going to send anybody deep 
deep. Uh, and she was the lead of an undefeated national championship and team. And I think she broke the scoring record for an NCAA tournament. She did, she yeah, all, yeah. She did all of all that and, and did that all in the span of one season while, and we learned this yesterday, playing on an injured knee. She actually had a, a torn cartilage in her knee for the last eight and games. And recovering from a, torn and a blown ACL, ACL yeah. From, from the previous season. Right, so she did all of that. And I thought, you know, that was that was a spectacular season. So we And it gave me a way to go back and talk to Coach Faye about you yeah. know, Alia Fisher and Tasha Rogers and had a lot of fun talking to Deanna Klingman, who was the first yeah. superstar in an undefeated team, yes. um, you know, at Scranton in the early 80s. Uh, you know, there are a lot of players from you know, the, the Deemers from Buena Vista and, and Lori Trow from St. Thomas, people that, you know, you and I were in middle school or yeah, elementary school. Didn't know what long, was. <laughs> long before uh, uh, our time. Um, but I wrote the piece on, on, on Sydney, which is probably up at the same time that this show is. Probably is, yeah. Um, yeah, because of something that Amherst head coach G.P. Gramacki said, he was talking to one of the two, par- or couple of parents in the lobby, and they were sort of, you know, Congratulations, coach. Good season. And he said, well, you know, she, she being Moss, had 39 points tonight. She may be the greatest player at this level ever. Somebody should write about that. So. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. I know. Two weeks. <laughs> so I did. And, and you know, Moss, you know, would Moss be better than Alia Fisher, who's sort of the next one up in terms yeah, of decorations? Four national championships, three of them undefeated. There was one year where they didn't do an, an, a, a most valuable player, but if first team all tournament and most valuable yeah, player. Probably, um, probably would have gotten it anyway. Yeah, the, the other players who have been really outstanding through the division th- for the D3 hoops era, so to speak, if we want to uh, brand it that way. You know, Chelsea Schwears, at Chris, oh, Christopher Newport, one. Allison Coleman, who's now the coach at Sage, but at Eastern Connecticut. Uh, Moss is the best I've seen. She is the most uh, diverse in terms of, I mean, we saw it tonight. Yep. She played point guard on some positions. She played power forward and center on some positions. Um, she could kill you a number of different ways. Uh, you know, she was a special, special athlete. And I actually had a chance to ask Coach Hands about that in the post game. And I said, you know, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, now Sydney's career is done. You get to write the last sentence in the in the Hall of Fame article or whatever it is you want to you want to describe to it. He said, what would you say about her? And he said she was a winner. And then he started to choke up, which is not something you see from Thomas Moore. It's a very loose team. They like to have a lot of fun. They've described themselves as goofy. She's a special, special uh, player, special talent level, you know, all freshmen at at the SEC. But really, um, she's ours. She's Division III. I know she started at the D1 level. I know who her dad is. She's ours. She's going to graduate. You know, she's... uh, she fit seamlessly real. into her team. Um, you know, she had her grandmother there at a lot of the games, including tonight. Uh, and she was thrilled to be here. Yeah, she 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 was our treasure for three years. As as kind of over the top as that sounds, a little bit, and it was it was, and she was fun to talk to, which yeah. which certainly she never really hurts. Was, yeah, um, she really was. So uh, as we yeah. heard earlier today, yeah, a lot of great athletes. It was it was fun to watch Sydney for three years. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Sure. Awesome atmosphere, as we said. They are cleaning up around here, so we should probably get the hint and clean up <laughs> ourselves. Hoopsville is done for this season. It has been a memorable season, culminating sure. here in Indianapolis. It certainly was fun, and we keep adding on more and more. He and I are in trouble because we're going to be adding on more and more to our shoulders, but we are right. certainly looking forward 
to the future. With that note, we'll sign off. We will tell you that we'll do a couple special hoop shows throughout the offseason just to cover bases that are taking place, any news that may be appropriate. But tune in next year as we get back and going in mid-November with more hoop shows. For Gordon Mann, for Justin Sweeney, thanks to Sidney Moss, Jeff Hans, of course, SID, and others here, uh, not only at Thomas More, but everybody here in Indianapolis for their help. We thank them. Thank you for tuning in to another season of Hoopsville. Honey, I am coming home. Hey, kids, I'll be home soon. And we'll see you back here for the 2016-17 season before you know it. For the WBCA, thank you for their help. The NABC as well, D3Hoops.com. I am Dave McHugh. Thank you for watching Hoopsville for this season. And we'll see you back next year.